It's Michael Ramirez, and this is Gospel Gossip, a podcast with real conversations about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the implications of it in our society today. Join me and my guests as we discuss the biblical truths about topics and questions facing our communities. This is the Gospel Gossip Podcast. Welcome to the cast. I'm your host, Michael Ramirez, and sitting across from me this week is my youth pastor, Josh Hussung. Hey! Um, and so this week we're going to be, uh, we're going to go to our verse of the week first before we get into the topic. Um, and our verse of the week comes from Colossians 1 this week, uh, which is a great uh, book in and, of, in and of itself. And I'm going to start in verse 15. It says, uh, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So this is just a very powerful section of mm-hmm. Colossians and of the Bible. Um, and so I'm just going to point out a couple things that I love about this passage. I really love the whole thing. But just to point out the reason that I picked this. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we talked about a youth group recently and, uh, and just been thinking about God being in control, but also being active yeah. in in um in our world mm-hmm. um that he created so just the part where it's talking about he is uh holding everything together mm-hmm. i think that's one of my favorite parts right now that's yeah. been that has been coming back to mind in this passage um just and that's just a great comfort to us that he is mm-hmm. still active and still doing stuff in our lives and it's all pointing towards his glory yeah or going towards his will yeah so uh, what other things do you have on that on that passage. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, a couple of things. One is, you know, I think exactly like you said, the the holding together has always stuck out uh, big time for me um, in that, I think I said this in youth group, but sometimes we talk about the world as if God kind of wound it up and now mm-hmm. it's just in process and he's kind of, he's involved obviously in yeah. the Bible and things like that, but we almost talk about it even as Christians as if he was sort of set apart from it and not involved in it. But this Mm -hmm. is like, no, literally everything is being actively held together by his like constant command. So there's this kind of like really meticulous sovereignty going on where it's like just almost micromanagement Mm -hmm. management of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like the atoms, uh, the protons and the neutrons and the electrons would just like fly apart Mm -hmm. uh, if God didn't actively all the time say hold together. Um, I think the other thing is just like, this is one of those things where you couldn't deny the deity of Jesus mm. by reading this passage. You know, like, like this is like clearly Jesus is divine. Jesus is, you know, all of all of these things. I, I think it's just like a really beautiful picture of mm-hmm. of uh, just Jesus Godhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's been, it's a great passage. Yeah, so great want to start us off. Um, but our our topic this week, our actual topic that we're going to go into for a little bit longer is kind of just suffering as a topic. 
Um, we're going to look at it from the Christian perspective for a little bit and kind of see what the Bible says about the topic, and we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to go into kind of applying it a little bit to COVID-19 and to 2020 a little bit. Um, mostly COVID-19 just uh, as a everything that kind of happened at the beginning of quarantine and all of that, just mm -hmm. from our personal experience and uh, what we've seen, what we're going to be, or what we saw going on, like going on around us, mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, just a perspective on that. Um, so we're just going to go through a, basically just a list of questions on this topic. Um, mm -hmm. So the first thing is, what is suffering? It's kind of a redundant question, but I would say that suffering is pain, sorrow, um, of any sort of really any sort um, when it comes to being in this world there's a lot of suffering going on around us there's actually constant suffering mm -hmm. um, through sin and through uh, physical pain and mental pain and a lot of just suffering and so what what are any things that you would add to just kind of suffering as its own question like what is suffering yeah I think I think first off I think you hit most of it in, in your definition just there but uh, the big things I'd want to hit is, one, uh, it's things that we experience that are uh, uh, products of living in a fallen world, mm -hmm. right? So suffering is going to either come from sin, whether it's our own or others, mm -hmm. or uh, the sort of result of the world as it is because of the fall. Mm -hmm. So when you say loss, when you say, you know, like death or something, mm -hmm. right? result of the fall, disease, result of the fall, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, things where people sin against you, harm you in some mm -hmm. way, result of fall. Mental health issues where you're caught, you're in a depression or something like mm -hmm. that, cause of the fall. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so you have all these things. Um, and then on top of that, like you experience that loss, and it causes yeah. you some kind of grief, mm -hmm. pain, suffering. So that's probably where I where I would hit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of covers the next question, which is why does suffering happen? Which is the fall of man yeah. and sin. Um, which I find this to be a hiccup for people who are not believe don't believe that God exists, mm -hmm. and then someone's explaining to them how God exists, but then they're like, "But if God exists, why is there suffering?" I feel like that's a lot of you know I'll see it in um, different you know videos that I watch where people yeah. are evangelizing stuff like that. I'll see you know if God's loving, wise, and He's Almighty, why did He make? this you know um and so i think that's that's an important part of this topic is that we as christians might have to explain or talk about suffering yeah and the fact that this was um from sin um, yeah. yeah yeah what you're saying is a really old question that's been asked for a long long mm -hmm. time that gets summed up frequently as the problem of evil mm -hmm. and it's two ideas that are pitted against each other and one is if god is a loving god and God is a powerful God, mm -hmm. then how is it that there's suffering in the world? Because a loving and a loving and uh, sorry, an evil and powerful God, it would make sense that mm -hmm. suffering would happen. Um, a loving and not sovereign yeah. God uh, would say, "Oh well, he wants everything to be okay, but he can't make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's beyond him." Yeah. And so, what the Bible gives us is a loving and sovereign God. Mm -hmm. And so, how is it that? there's evil in the world how is it that there's suffering in the world mm -hmm. it's a very old question yeah yeah and the simple answer would be you know we fell we 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 uh, sinned against god therefore putting a curse on the world and a fallen world um mm -hmm. so yeah so we're gonna 
get into a couple of, I'm going to read a couple of verses here, um, just looking at what does the Bible say about suffering and trials. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of things. And a lot of these that I'm going to be reading have something super in common, so you might want to listen out for that. I'm going to talk about it here in a second. But the first one's from James 1, uh, 2 through 4. And it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The second one is Romans 8, um, 18 through 19, which says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And then the last one, which is 1 Peter 5, 10, um, and it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called uh, called you um, to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So the the thing that kind of runs through these passages are Mm -hmm. suffering, or something to do with suffering, and then a good thing that comes out of suffering. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes into play that the Bible talks about suffering as a, um, in turn, the Lord uses it for his will, and mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of literally just all of those passages are saying, here's suffering, and then here's, a, here's something good about it that is coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything else on, like, you know, you know, what the Bible says about suffering and... Um, other things about that. Yeah, I think I think those passages, w- w- the way you summed it up is about the same way I would say it, uh, except for maybe one thing. Um, and I might throw in another Romans 8 passage with it, um, and that is Romans 8, 28, 29. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What we have, you know, the problem of evil uh, mm-hmm. presents this, this conundrum that says a loving God who is also sovereign wouldn't allow suffering in the world. Mm-hmm. But there's an assumption there that suffering is always bad. Mm-hmm. And what all of these passages say uh, is they're not just sunny side of the, you know, sunny side up kind of passages. They're yeah. not a silver lining. Mm-hmm. Well, you learn something at the end of the day. It didn't kill me. It made me stronger. What it's really saying is this sovereign God who, yet we, we, we often um, uh, use the language just like we did at the beginning where like it's the effects of the fallen world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like we said about the Colossians holding things together passage, the fallen world, if we leave it just in those terms, mm-hmm. sounds like and then God left it alone and now mm-hmm. it's just a system that hurts yeah. us that he's removed from. And we use passive language when we talk to God mm-hmm. that's like, oh, he allowed that to happen or, you yeah. know, he wouldn't have wanted that to happen or something. When that's not the case, you mm-hmm. know, we believe God is sovereign, which means God is sovereign over all the things that happen to mm-hmm. us, even the hard things. And even if you look at the book of Job, which is like the quintessential book yeah. about suffering, we know that from the story, Satan is directly causing these things to happen. Mm-hmm. God allowed them to happen. But when Job talks about what happened... He gives God the, uh, you know, I guess blame mm-hmm. or whatever. He credits God yeah. with what is happening to him. And I think that you you combine all that together with sovereignty and love and saying mm-hmm. God causes suffering to happen in our life mm-hmm. for our good. What is the good? Well, in this one it says that God 
foreknew us and predestined us yeah. to become conformed to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. Which means if his intent, his loving intent for you and I, is that in Christ we become conformed to Jesus' image, mm-hmm. that in his sovereignty he's going to use the means necessary to get us there, mm-hmm. and that's what suffering is for. Yeah. Yeah. Because I very much so doubt that if without suffering we could really move anywhere very easily. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, he could, I mean, he's a powerful God. He could do really whatever he wants. Right. But um, if I was to become a Christian, still broken, still sinning, mm-hmm. but covered by the blood of Jesus, um, without suffering and without teaching, um, and in sometimes punishment for what I've done, um, then I'm not going to learn. Yeah. And I'm not going to move forward. Um, yeah. So that's. That's kind of an overview of maybe what the Bible mostly says about suffering is mm-hmm. that it's it's something that is hard, but God uses it for good, and God sometimes he puts it into motion for good. Yeah. I mean, and we know we just got finished talking about the atonement. We know that He can use some things that seem very very bad for mm-hmm. His good in right. in the cross, um, and in the atoning work of Christ. Yeah. Um, the the last one are actions we can take in light of. Um, what the Bible says about suffering, um, actions we can take. What do, you, what do you think about that? Well, I think the first thing is to know about it now mm-hmm. and and really incorporate that into a part of your worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it's not, then when you do suffer, whether it's now mm-hmm. or later, um, it will directly affect the way that you think about it in mm-hmm. the time, in the way that yeah. you relate to the Lord. I think that if we know that God causes all things to work together for our good and to conform us to the image of Jesus, then we'll be looking for that even in the midst of suffering. Mm-hmm. And also, if we think that God is loving in the midst of our suffering, even though he's sovereign over mm-hmm. it, uh, it will keep us from feeling um, like we're somehow sort of driven away from him by the mm-hmm. suffering. We'll be driven to him instead of away mm-hmm. from him. So I think incorporating it into your worldview and then leaning on God now, but continuing to lean on God and depend on him in mm. prayer and things like that when it happens. Um, I guess that'd be the main two things that yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe you said incorporating your worldview. I think it also maybe would go on to a world level as well. Yeah. Of looking out and seeing suffering. Yes. Um, is it's like, that can be discouraging a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but knowing that God used to that for good, God is in control and mm-hmm. he's working everything for his will, that can help us in those moments as well, when it's yeah. not just personal, um, or if it's a friend or mm-hmm. another brother in Christ. Hello, listener. Thanks for sticking around so far. Don't leave, there's more coming. We just wanted to take this chance to ask you to subscribe on whatever platform you're on to get notifications when we post new content. And leave us a comment and a rating to let us know your thoughts. Back to the podcast. So then the next thing that we're going to get into is kind of applying this to what we went through at the beginning of, was it the beginning of 2020? It was, it was a year ago from right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a few weeks ago. Yeah. So just quarantine and COVID-19, which was not necessarily the hardest or we did, we all experienced it at a different level, I feel like. Um, and so I have a couple of questions written down, but it's really just kind of reflecting on that maybe from a Christian point is what we're going to try to do. Um, so the first question, which, question, which I would say is a little more personal is like, what are things that we learned through the pandemic, through the pandemic, 
or we're still learning. Um, and, and how did we look at the pandemic initially mm-hmm. compared to compared to now, maybe? Um, and so what I mean by that is like things that we learned personally about ourselves through our faith and through living this out, living in this world that has kind of turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And then um, did, our, did our view change kind of on some of those things? I think, uh, well, when, the, when, when it first happened, I, I think my, my mental process about the pandemic uh, went from disbelief mm-hmm. to incredible fear uh, mm-hmm. not, not fear that I was going, that I was going to get sick or mm-hmm. if I were so much as like what it would do to the economy, what it mm-hmm. would mean for my career, what mm-hmm. it would mean for, you know, various yeah. things like that. Um, so at first it was like, oh yeah, somebody got it in Williamson County, no big deal. We'll be over mm-hmm. this in a week. Oh, okay. So we're not supposed to leave our house now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So now our church isn't going to meet. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So now it's been months of our, you know, yeah. uh, so it went progression on that. I think it certainly required me to be dependent on the Lord mm-hmm. in um, trusting Him as sort of sovereignly over history. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, what are you doing right now? Yeah. That, that was that was a lot of my question. Um, I think now that things have settled down a bit, um, I don't know that it's changed my thinking so much as I'm just in a different place in relation yeah. to it. Probably just because things are dying down now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and my answer to that would be, I mean, at the beginning of being quarantined, I almost like jumped for joy in a way because I had gone through a year of like high social interaction Mm -hmm. and it was like by the end of it, all of my relationships were kind of going downhill a little bit. And so I was just kind of like, I was like, I get to be alone for a A break. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I got maybe like, then I switched schools and I'm not actually in person anymore. And so I kind of like slowly went into oh I see no one now Mm -hmm. um and so my initial reaction in those first couple months where I was just alone and was able to relax kind of um and I really got to focus on my faith yeah and so that was really nice right and I felt like I grew so much but then I got to the point where I wanted to see people I wanted to do stuff and then it kind of went back downhill so it's kind of like at first, I really grew a whole lot, which I was so thankful for. It was I was talking to a, another friend in the youth group, and I was like, "This has like been the best point in my life, even though there's so much, you know, uh, suffering that's going around in the world." Yeah. Um, and so I think it was. I think I mean it was just like you said, it's learning to depend on the the Lord because I was, you know, we were all stuck in our houses. Yeah. Um, and so I I think I think that was a great experience on that sense. Yeah. Um, so that would be my short answer to that. Um, the The next question is, how have we seen God's church growing through this season? And that's a very, you know, odd question because we have, for a season, we weren't meeting in person. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I've heard a lot, though, and I was thinking of this more on a personal standpoint as well, of some of my, as I said, my relationships all got tweaked because I was... I was not seeing people and so it was all like oh I didn't know I was gonna be hanging out with this person so much so I ended up changing kind of everything does that make sense yeah so it's like even in my own social realm at at grace I kind of like I was like I never knew that I was gonna have this kind of personal relationship with these different guys yeah um and so I was what what's another answer to God's church growing through this yeah I think 
I think on one side, um, we saw uh, people maybe feel the need to be together in a mm. way that they hadn't before. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> like we announced, like last night when we said Sunday school was coming back mm-hmm. on uh, this Sunday, uh, there was like visible, audible excitement mm-hmm. from kids. If you had asked me two years ago if students would be excited about Sunday school coming <laughs> back after a break... Uh, I just would not have believed mm-hmm. it. So I, I think that says something to the sense of we're just happy to be with each other, yeah. uh, which is something we might have taken for granted before. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing. I think, you know, with all of 2020, I mean, there's lots of things, pandemic, politically, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of different things, um, I think that sort of forced everyone to... Um, it probably forced some conflict. And I mm. think when conflict happens, it always provides an opportunity uh, mm. for people to make peace. And mm. I think, I, this is not me speaking directly about grace necessarily, but like mm. if you look at sort of like evangelical churches as a whole, evangelical meaning Bible-believing, Jesus-following churches, mm-hmm. not like a voter block kind of thing. But I think as a whole, there was a bit of a stir-up uh, yeah. for 2020 because there were so many issues that people felt very passionately about and um, and it, it definitely caused some shakeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that I could tell you exactly how God's grown it in that sense. I think it's something that we more maybe might be able to see 5, 10, 20 years yeah. down the road mm-hmm. and be able to say, 2020 did this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say a lot of it was uh, realizing our need for one another, uh, mm-hmm. everyone sort of all being forced to depend on the Lord mm-hmm. um, in some sense. Um, that, that kind of thing, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. yeah. And I've even, you know, recently heard our pastor, Pastor Scott, um, talking about more of like in his prayers and in some, some of the stuff that he's talked about being like, there is going to be change through this year or through, yeah. through COVID-19 in general. Mm-hmm. And we know being followers of a God that is sovereign and who is at work, we know that it's going to end up good. Yeah. Even if it's five or 10 years down the road. And so it's kind of like we're in this moment of at least, you know, it's clear, as you said, it's dying down now, but at the beginning of this, we were in this moment of, okay, we're all kind of separated and all this bad stuff is happening, but we know that something's going to change eventually, you know, even if we don't get to see it. Um, And I think as long as we understand that good is on God's terms, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. like, you know, even uh, even when we say something good will come of it, it doesn't mean that everyone will come out yeah. with jobs and making as much money mm-hmm. and the economy being as good as it was. It doesn't mean churches will be uh, growing at the same numeric mm-hmm. rate that they were before, yeah. and it doesn't mean that we're going to be prosperous necessarily. What it means by good is we're going to be drawn more to be mm-hmm. in the image of Jesus, and yeah. that's the hope we have to have mm-hmm. in the midst of yeah. suffering, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, the, the next one is, uh, a question that we talked about a little bit pre-recording, which was, is there any change in how we view suffering when it's on a global scale? Which I thought it was pretty funny because I was like, we've never dealt with suffering on a global scale. But then I remembered sin, which is, uh, suffering that everyone is experiencing on various levels everywhere. Um, and so I would think, is there anything that you think would go particular to a suffering that we as a world are all feeling yeah. um, when it comes to something that, I mean, sin, not everyone is actively fighting against it or actively seeking out, you know, the answer to some of those questions. 
this pandemic, everyone's being affected. Mm-hmm. Everyone's searching for the answers to certain questions about, you know, what does it do? Cert- you know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. What are some, maybe some things that change when it comes to looking at this pandemic? Yeah, I think that on the global scale, you know, one is it does give us some sort of commonality with everyone mm-hmm. else. You know, like it's like uh, I've talked to our friends who are in Eastern Europe Mm-hmm. and we're dealing with the same kinds of issues as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one sense. I think the other side is uh, it does remind us that though there's a commonality, say, with sin as a global pandemic, mm-hmm. um, the degree to which it affects us in our day-to-day life is very drastic. Whereas mm-hmm. like you and I, at the end of the day, uh, other than being sort of like having to quarantine, mm-hmm. we're not affected in any like really severe way by COVID other than inconvenience level stuff. Yes. Whereas some people who have had this have either lost loved ones mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. lost a job uh, or, are you know, like think about third world countries with this kind of pandemic, the, the, the scale at which they're dealing with it is much mm-hmm. different. Um, I don't know that it changes the way that we think about suffering in general, but it does help us to remember that suffering is in some degree um, uh, relative you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the way that you and I suffer is still suffering. Yeah. Uh, like when a person has a bad day, that's like some low level suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when someone's dealing with poverty it is also suffering, there's clearly a difference and that's a difference worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also helps you get some perspective that at the end of the day, I think we talked before this started, um, Hebrews twelve four says, you have not yet resisted to ascend to the point of shedding your blood. So it's mm-hmm. helpful for us to remember that though we may have suffered some, mm-hmm. uh, particularly like Jesus suffered more than any of mm-hmm. us, right? Um, and uh, and there are all and him for sure. And then there are also many people in the world who are suffering that need mm-hmm. our compassion and our help too. I don't know if that answers your question, but that maybe yeah. deals yeah, with fun. it on the global yeah, side. Yeah, I think it did. Um, yeah, because there's just change in you said the different kind of the different levels of suffering yeah because there's different i mean we've talked about like there's not uh sin is kind of on its own thing when it comes to the levels but it's like suffering you know christ took all of it really Mm -hmm. in our place and so i that passage really kind of reminds us about that yeah reminds us at our place in that um so the other one what are key things that christians need to be focused on um during this season and i would say um as you said it was dying you know COVID 19 is not as big of a thing right now i mean some of us are able to kind of uh our inconveniences are going down as you said uh and so what are things that we can be focused on or need to be focused on in a world that's post-covid kind of yeah i think it's the same stuff that it should have been focused on during Mm -hmm. covid right like we need to be in the word we need to be in prayer um, and then I think we need to be looking outward. I think suffering mm-hmm. has a suffering in general has a at least temptation within it mm-hmm. to become very like insular and very um, like looking in at yourself, sort of mm-hmm. like navel gazing, you yeah. know, like just kind of looking at oh me and everything. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that like suffering is a is a, is a thing that it happens to everyone. And mm-hmm. as Christians, we're supposed to look beyond our own suffering. Not that we mm-hmm. can't acknowledge it. Not that we can't pray and ask mm-hmm. and whatever, but we shouldn't let it paralyze us from helping with other people's mm-hmm. uh, suffering. So there are people around you that have needs, and so you should be in the Word, in prayer, and then looking mm-hmm. for ways to share Christ's love with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
the thing that came to mind for me on that one is you were talking about there's a lot of things through 2020 that we could get very divisive or like our uh, opinions on things mm-hmm. will, sure. will uh, not coincide in the church, which will happen with a lot of things yeah. um, throughout you know history. Um, but I would say focusing on, um, like you said, being in the word and in prayer and looking outward, um, but also be f- being focused on unity in the in the church especially in your local church yeah uh, it, it's if especially if we're like not able to leave the country stuff like that yeah. you know um i would say as much as we can just be uh in the word together and be unified as a local church mm-hmm. um then to go outreach would be super helpful and that's something that we should always be doing um but specifically now with all those all the stuff that has happened in 2020 yeah um just to be focused on that yeah awesome um so i just i wrote a sentence out let me see what this is <laughs> no matter what we've uh, we all have indi- individually gone through in the past year god is still in control christ is still holding us together and um and can be our resting place mm. so i think that's just a good cap yeah to this suffering uh conversation yeah. Are there any last things that you'd want to say on this this topic? You know, I'd say if there's anybody listening that um, is, you know, having a hard time, whether it's, you know, really severe, like loss kinds mm-hmm. of things, or if it's just dealing with, uh, like, depression or things mm-hmm. like that, or just say um, two, two big things. One would be Jesus came down and suffered with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we serve a God who who uh, didn't just stay up in heaven, mm-hmm. but he came down and served people, and he suffered. Um, so it's important for us to understand that he has suffered alongside us. And so mm-hmm. we can, we can ident- Jesus can identify with us in, in a really important way. And the other thing is that you know, we as Christians are, are called to help people in suffering, so I would encourage you uh, to reach out to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know Christ, if, or if you do, like, talk to someone about what that means to to know Jesus or talk to someone about your suffering so that you can be helped and mm-hmm. prayed for. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, um, so thank, thank you listener for, uh, listening to this episode of the gospel gossip podcast. Um, if y'all have any questions about suffering or any topics that we've talked about in the past or just want to comment or reach out to me, um, you can reach out to me through the email in the description of the podcast. Um, just share the podcast if you would with anyone that you think would enjoy it but also could learn um from the topic and what we're talking about Mm -hmm. um thank you josh for coming and sitting in on this episode sure Um, and we will see you guys on the flip side of the podcast thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel gossip podcast we would love any suggestions on topics for the future Shoot those to us through the email in the description of the podcast.